this is episode 558 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Monday, December 3rd, 2018. I am your host, Mark Cuznez, and today I'll be talking about some games. Nothing really new or exciting, but something. And more anime as I continue to catch up with the current season. And I'm both happy and annoyed by how solid it is. Especially coming off of last season, which was really weak. This season has a few great shows and a lot of solid 7 out of 10s. You know, good, enjoyable things that may not be something I ever come back to or remember in a few years. But they're enjoyable right now. Uh, I'll get to those later. And then news-wise, I don't feel like there's been much of anything that has come out I could be wrong, but I just skimmed a few places and it just seems like news-wise, there hasn't been much over the last week and change, really, outside of, oh, more crazy Fallout 76 things going on. Remember that whole bag thing? Well, apparently they had nice canvas bags they gave to influencers. Okay, more Fallout 76 stuff. Red Dead Online, of course, launched for everyone on Friday. And I did go back into that a few times. And I think I'm pretty much done with it until they incorporate private sessions. Because it seems like everyone in the game is an asshole. And I don't enjoy the experience at all. I just want to go hunting or fishing. But I I don't have a fishing rod yet because I'm not of a high enough level. But I can't really level up because I want to level up doing things like hunting and I keep getting killed by other players. I have never experienced a session where I wasn't killed within the first 10 minutes, sometimes the first few minutes. And I I just, I, I, you know, I, I don't get it. I don't get the enjoyment out of ruining another person's experience. I, I, for me, Messing around with other people is only fun when I'm messing around with people I know. So when me and my friend played Sea of Thieves a few times, I would get drunk off my ass all the time and vomit on him or try to vomit on him, vomit in my bucket and then try to throw the vomit on him. You know, I'd save it for later and be like, hey, I got a surprise for you, a bucket of vomit. But with other people, why would I want to be a dick to them? You know, I, I with friends... You grow this relationship over time and you you know each other's boundaries and how dickish you can be and that's part of a lot of friendships is just teasing each other innocently. You know, not things that will actually hurt them. But that's not something like I have a few friends who are burn survivors and with them I will make jokes about burning and we're at that point in our relationship, but in our friendship, where I can joke about it, and it's fine. But people around us, if they hear that, they'll look at me like I'm a horrible, horrible person because they just are thinking that I'm being a real piece of crap. But I'm joking about this thing that me and my friend have an understanding that I'm not. I'm not seriously saying anything cruel or anything. But I wouldn't come up to some random 
burn survivor that I don't know and make a joke about them burning or something like that. Why, why would I do that? That's not, I don't have that relationship. I haven't built that relationship of trust and friendship and openness with that other person that I have with actual friends. So I just, I, I don't get the appeal in the same way that in any game that has an honor system, has a morality system, I'm going to play good. I can't bring myself to play evil. I've mentioned this a few times, but I adore Bioshock. It is my favorite game of all time. I, pretty soon after beating it the first time, went through it and wanted to try playing it as a bad guy. And I got to the first section where they give you the option, you know, do you want to harvest the little girl or do you want to free her? So you can either free her and it gives you that beautiful animation where you can just see like, oh, she's a, she's a real little girl again. Or you can turn her into a slug. I turned her into a slug and I felt so terrible. I turned off the game. I ejected the disc and I've never played by, I've loaded it up here and there, but I've never really played it ever again. And I want to, I, I would like to go back to it, but I, I just still have that memory from the last time I, I played it. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I, I don't see what's fun about being a dick to people you don't know. Being a dick to people you know, sure, that's that's wonderful. Dick all you want. Just dick, 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 dick. But if you don't know someone, I don't get it. I just don't get it. You know, regardless of whether you're playing anonymously online under an alias, I'm PX Sausage, as you all know. But I just don't, I don't get to see, I don't see the appeal. If you want to shoot someone, I'm sure you can find other people who are willing to get into battles with you. But if you see that I'm just hunting or if I'm fishing, why? 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 And why are you shooting my horse? That, that's even worse. Shoot me all you want. Leave my horse alone. So yeah, that's there and I'm just waiting for an update for private sessions or potentially a way to do some kind of mode where uh, you can only attack another player if you challenge them to a duel and they accept in the way racing games work that have open worlds and you can like honk your horn at them and if they accept to a race then you're racing but you can't force them to race with you you can't just start ramming into them repeatedly because you're more of like a ghost in their world um which I think was like how Fable 2 worked, where everyone was orbs. You can see orbs uh, and their avatars in your world. And if you wanted to join them or stuff like that, then you could interact with them. But they couldn't just mess with you. Um, not that I think that's a great system for something like this. It's much better to have them in your world. Um, but I would like that. And one of my friends was telling me that I guess if somebody kills you three times in a row... There's some kind of action you can take, but I don't want to, that's still not good enough. Uh, but yeah, to what I've been playing, most of my time was spent playing through Hellblade, which I didn't realize was as long as it was. I don't know why I thought it was shorter. And this is all for Attack the Backlog, then uh, the upcoming episode this Sunday. And I'm not going to spoil it. 
Uh, it's going to be a deep dive into that game. But I will say, I love the game. It is one of my favorite games of the generation. It is such a wonderful, unique experience that I think requires to really get the full experience you wear in headphones. I, I think it is a drastically lesser experience if you're not wearing headphones. So much so that I would almost want to say don't play it if you can't experience it with headphones. But I also love Ninja Theory and I want their games to be supported and I want you to experience it regardless of how close to the full experience you can. But I adore the game. I adore all parts of it, including the combat, which is what led me to play an old game. And this may not sound great about Hellblaze Combat, but... Playing it made me think back to Rise, Son of Rome, and how much I enjoyed that game. Which, if you don't remember, it was one of the launch titles for the Xbox One from... What's its name? It's not not DICE. Why do I want to keep thinking DICE? But it's not DICE. I don't know. I can't remember the name. It's the company... I think did Crisis? But did DICE do Crisis? Then it's not DICE. Right? Rises? I don't know. I'm very upset. It's not Crytek. It can't be Crytek. That is, it seems too weird. I don't know. But whoever made Rise Son of Rome, they didn't make Rise Son of Rome too. That's not important. What's important is that game is still a really fun game, and I think it's one of the most underrated games of this generation, especially exclusives for Xbox. But I think just in general, it's a, a very underrated game because the campaign, which was maybe about six hours or so, was fun from start to finish. And the story was more engrossing than I expected. I thought it would just be a really throwaway story that I would not care about and just ignore, you know, start skipping cutscenes almost right off the bat. But I found it to be rather interesting and I was invested in that story and on top of the single player there was multiplayer which you can play co-op or, or single player where you're just thrown into basically like the Colosseum and you take on hordes of enemies and it just let the the combat shine which while very repetitive in both animations and the number of actions you have so you have like a roll an attack a counter, and maybe one other thing. Um, the, there might be like a, a counter and then a actual block or a like kick to, to break someone's shield. Um, but I, I love the way the combat system works where you beat someone down until their, their head gets a little skull icon above them, and then you could do a execution essentially and you'll get little prompts i don't know if you can turn them off and i don't know why you would but the person you are executing their body will get a slight glow of the color of the button you need to press and it was a way of incorporating quick time event type systems into combat in a very satisfying way that wasn't annoying because even if you screwed it up, it wasn't like they got out of the execution. You're still going to execute and you just wouldn't get 
the best uh, score for that execution as you could. But it always felt good. You know, and even though the animations were limited, you could unlock more as you earn in-game currency. And I think there's currency you could buy to unlock more executions and team executions and stuff like that. They were still very satisfying. It's still a very satisfying combat system, which is like Hellblade. Hellblade is very simple, but it's very satisfying, which I'll get to more in Attack the Backlog. So if you want to hear about that, get excited for Sunday. Um... But outside of Hellblade and returning to Rise, Son of Rome, I played some War Thunder for the first time uh, on Xbox One because initially it would never load and I had to delete it and reinstall it a few times in order to get it working at all on my system, on my X. And I guess there were problems with the X. But I quickly learned that it is about as lazy of a port as a port can get because it was originally a PC game. It came to PS4 a while ago, maybe a year or longer ago. And I never really dabbled with it on the PS4, but I think it's set up the same exact way where it really is just the PC game ported to consoles. You have the cursor on screen and it's you can move it around and you can highlight things it's never it's not completely functional and you can navigate with the d-pad or like analog i think analog sticks or maybe it's just the d-pad but that's a little finicky the menus are very cluttered and it's just a clunky ui in general it, it hasn't been changed in any way to work better on consoles and then the actual game is so messed up and, and doesn't have anything in place to know you're using a controller or something. It's, it's really weird because I was excited about this over World of Tanks and other similar games because this one has planes in it. And I've been waiting for one of those to play myself and maybe give it to my dad. Not give it to him, it's free. Um, but let him try it out because he loves planes too. But it's way too clunky and, and super convoluted. There's no simple arcade controls. But regardless of what control scheme you use, there is no default button set up for pitch and yaw, which is very important when flying a plane. And when I say there's no default button, I mean pitch and yaw have no input. They're they're not. It's there's nothing there. So when you're doing the tutorial. And you're going through it. It's, it says on screen, there's no... I'm like, why can't I move the plane this way? It wants me to move to the left to reach this circle so I can go through it and get to the next point. But I can't move my plane. What's going on? And I see this notification on the screen that's telling me I don't... There's no button currently set up for pitching. And I'm like, that's weird. Why wouldn't that... Okay. Uh, menus. I, I can't con I can't change the control scheme in this mode, so I'm gonna have to go out. Okay, well I guess I'll try the the simplified controls. I think they're called. That doesn't add anything for pitching, y'all. Okay, pointer controls, which is for a pointer, a mouse, cursor, still nothing. I guess I have to do it myself, but all the okay. Now I, these buttons are also used for something else. So now I have to put those somewhere else. I need like 
it's it's such a clunky lazy port and it's it's i don't even see why it's there it's, it's such trash and i guess there's keyboard and mouse support which i've said in the past that I believe I've said this in the past, so that I think it's fine bringing a game to <laughs> Xbox if it only can work with mouse and keyboard. Um, but I don't know. It it feels weird. I feel like if you're going to have the ability to use a controller, that it should work better. It should at least work at all. Even if the controls are clunky, the fact that there is no default setup to have an input for pitch and yaw when you're flying a plane is insane. I don't get that. I don't get how they were testing the console version. And I don't know if this is how it worked on PS4 either. But I don't get how they're doing that. And like, okay, someone's downloading this for the first time. And they might not be, you know, they might be a console gamer only. And they definitely aren't going to have a keyboard and mouse for their, their system. They're going to want to play this with a controller. So our initial impressions will be, here's a plane. You can't fly it. Figure out how to change the controls yourself because we're not going to help you with shit. That's grounds for immediate deletion and never returning. You just lost a customer. They lost me. I keep most free-to-play games, even if I'm not playing them regularly or barely at all, on my hard drive where I keep all my 360 and X original Xbox games. But I deleted it because I, I just was like, this is a mess, and I'm never going to even bother trying to deal with this crap. Uh, but that was a real big disappointment. And then outside of that, I tried Earthfall, which may still be on sale or was on sale last week, which is a, a Left 4 Dead-ish, Call of Duty Zombies-ish game. I, th I think it's more akin to the Zombies mode where you start off with weak weapons and then you could purchase new ones. You'll unlock new areas as you uh, take on hordes. Uh, you know, it's not about progressing to a point and finishing that. I mean, it could be, but it's more about hordes coming at you and you're dealing with waves um it doesn't feel that great and it doesn't look that great playing on xbox one and yeah of all the left for dead type games out there it, it, it's probably the weakest that i can think of uh vermintide is very polished and if you like fantasy it, it it's a great uh, Left 4 Dead-ish game. I definitely prefer more of the current things, you know, guns and all that kind of stuff. I, I prefer that style of play. But Vermintide 2 looks great, and it feels great. And, you know, you get to kill a lot of fantasy things. You get a lot of rat people and stuff like that. Uh, there's also Deep Rock, Deep Rock Galactic, which is sort of in that vein where you are playing one of a group of dwarves who all have their special abilities and the way it works i haven't played in a while maybe things have changed but from my recollection the way it works is you go through an environment 
you're mining things, collecting resources and whatnot, and eventually, like at points, waves of enemies will come at you. You hunker down, you take them on, then you get some things, uh, some other things, and progress a little bit, and then you return to your little vehicle to exit the level. And it's fun. It looks good. It's still in early access, I believe. Maybe not on PC, but uh, on Xbox, it is still a preview program game. Um, but it's pretty fun. I, I like it. I like the look. I like the aesthetic. And it, the gameplay is solid. Um, but then there's also Left 4 Dead, which if you have an X, both of them, you know, all the Valve games were X-enhanced not too long ago. And now the Left 4 Dead games look fantastic. They still play great. And if you want to play a Left 4 Dead game and you have an Xbox One X, there's no better game games to play than Left 4 Dead 1 and 2. And of all the Valve games that are missing, Left 4 Dead is the one that I would love to see continued more than the rest. I, I do not need any more Portal. I love the first Portal. I enjoy the second Portal. I don't need any more Portal. I'm all Portal out, especially looking at the the options that Valve has to go back to. Portal is the last one I need more of. Uh, and then with Half-Life, I really I haven't played the original Half-Life, and I'm kind of still just waiting for the the Black Mesa version or whatever to be complete. I don't, I don't think it's complete yet. So when that is officially done, I'll pick that one up and play it because it would be probably a lot nicer to play it when it's looking all pretty and whatnot. But I really enjoyed Half-Life 2. And Episode 1, I think, was probably weak. I don't remember it that much. But Episode 2 was great. And it ended on such a strong note that left me so excited for Episode 3. You know, frothing at the at the mouth or tip or whatever the hell that stupid saying is. But I think so much time has passed since Episode 2 that I just don't care anymore. Whatever. If Half-Life 3 was announced and it was going to be coming out soon, I'd, I'd be excited. I'd want to play it. Especially if it's continuing directly. Like, there was supposed to be an Episode 3. We never got that. If Half-Life 3 begins with what would be what would have been Episode 3, I'd be even more excited. But the replayability and all that that comes with Left 4 Dead and just how fun the core gameplay is, that's what I would want most of all from Valve if they were to bring back any of their currently comatose franchises. Are there more than those three? I mean, I'm sure there are like other ones that aren't as big, but those are the three that come to mind. Uh, I, w- I would love to see like a, uh, just uh, bring Team Fortress to consoles. Bring Team Fortress 2 to consoles. I know it exists in the orange box. Nobody's playing it. Just bring it as a standalone thing. And maybe people will finally play it on consoles. There are a lot of them out there. And Team Fortress 2 looks real good. You know, it, it, it's got an art style and aesthetic that is similar to Fortnite with a more cartoony, cell shady look. So why not do it? I would be so excited to play that over at Fortnite. You know, and I feel like I'd have more of a chance. Like, if I were to go into for, uh, Team Fortress 2 on PC now, 
with how accustomed I am to gamepad controls at this point, I would just get destroyed, I have to imagine. But, yeah. Left for Dead. Still great. So It's so good. And it looks great on Xbox One X. Then, other than that, I... I tried some Dead or Alive 5, and I was like, oh, at first I wasn't liking it, and then I was like, oh, this is kind of this is kind of fun. I don't really have anything else to say about that, but it was surprisingly fun. And then the last one I want to talk about is something that just joined backward compatibility that has me very excited, even though I don't know if I want to go back to it anytime soon, but I'm excited that it's been added so that people who missed it could go back to it, because I think it is a really great game and that is kingdoms of amular reckoning so i guess the whatever issues i can't remember they had uh thq nordic after they picked up the license there was something uh, maybe asset wise or something that ea and they, they had to work out or whatever and i guess that was worked out maybe maybe that i don't know i don't know if that has anything to do with this coming to backward compatibility now but i loaded it up just to see how it looks and how it plays and be reminded of the game. And the first thing I remembered was one of the things I really didn't like about the game, and that is the lack of a jump button. I don't know why that just feels so wrong in games like this. The mic just slipped. But you wouldn't know that. I mean, you might have heard it. But the video, yeah, definitely. Um, but I don't know why the lack of a jump button always bothers me in those types of open world action adventure games but it does uh but i played so much of it and loved the game so it wasn't a, a big problem but it would be nice to be there especially since the a button seems to do nothing except interact with objects so why can't it have do both things when you're at an object that you're able to interact with and you're within range you can use it to interact. When you're not, you can jump around. It's also the jump button when you're on a cliff and it says, do you want to jump down from here? Then you can actually jump. But those are only in special segments. It still looks pretty good. Of course, it's not as detailed as games are today, but it still is smooth and looks nice. And it's a very colorful world, which I always appreciated. And it controls pretty well outside of the lack of a jump button of course the the story is very forgettable and it's something you can skip so it's a great podcast type of game something that you can tune out of what people are saying in the game and you can just go on because whether or not it's the main story or side quests or just random people in town you don't need to listen to anything anyone is saying um but yeah it's uh, a solid little game that goes on sale regularly uh, i think i feel like it's been on sale for five bucks at least a few times over the last six or so months i picked it up at, at one point when it was really really cheap because i really liked it and i was just waiting for the the hopeful inevitable day where it would join backward compatibility and now it has and i never played any dlc so It'll be a good time to go back at that uh, and check that out at some point. But I highly recommend checking it out if you are a fan of those open-world uh, action-adventure games like the Fable games, the good Fable games, the, the traditional Fable games. Uh, there was also like the Divinity 
not original sin, but divinity, Drago something or other. I don't know. But uh, there was like divinity 2, and I think there was like a, 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 the two versions of the same game. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. Two worlds, those games, which weren't good. This is a good version. Um, but I, I would highly recommend checking those out. I'm, what I mean is I, I would highly recommend checking out Amalar if you were into those games. You know what I'm saying. But, um, yeah, I am excited that it's hit backward compatibility. And it's always nice when we get new games. Even though one of them was Sonic Unleashed, which I don't remember much, but I own that too. So that isn't solved. Uh, that is the one where you turn into a werehog, I believe. So you have your platforming bits and then you have your bits where you're a werehog smacking things around and stuff like that but then go into anime and all that jazz i've been catching up with the shows that are on amazon which the thing the thing about amazon uh in, you know including when they launched their anima uh, anime strike uh, service is that while they don't get that many exclusives each season, they seem to get some of the best series of any given season. And some of my favorite series of the last few years, like The Great Passage and After the Rain. Two fantastic series. Um, and this season, they might have more than three exclusives, but I'm checking out three. And I've been pleasantly surprised by all of them. So we have... Boarding School Juliet, which is basically Romeo and Juliet. And it's set up in a boarding school where there are these two different houses. And they're led by, one's led by Romeo and the other is by Juliet. Or she goes by Julio. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You know what it is. You know what they mean. And they battle all the time. You know, they're a big rivalry. But secretly, Romeo loves Juliet. And he declares his love for her, and then they have their secret romance, and then things go crazy, and it's silly and fun, and, you know, it's very simple. You know, there's not a lot going on, but it's a good time. I enjoy it um, more than I was expecting, because I look at, like, the key art, and it shows you all these, like, Moe-ass girls, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be crap, but it surprised me i thought it was going to be just a, a girl love fest a little girl love fest because juliet's a little and romeo's tall but it, it, it's enjoyable then there is eroduku the world in colors which i just started watching and i'm through five episodes it is and i apologize if you hear any noise uh, in the background because i my there's a bathroom right next to my uh, my room and uh the pipes are in need of some fixing because they were backing up and it just turned into a nightmare yesterday but who the hell cares about that you know what you care about eroduku the world in colors which first off is a beautiful series it looks great it looks so good and it has an interesting story where this is i guess a a, a version of our world where magic exists and it starts off 60 years in the future and you have this young girl i think her name was like hitomi or something and i'm terrible with names 
she doesn't seem to really have any friends or anything. And then her grandmother ends up sending her back in time. And she's like, why? I don't want to do this. Why should I, why are you doing this? And she's like, you'll learn in time. And you'll learn that she is unable to see color. But it's not clear whether or not she could see color at one point and then something traumatic happened to her, uh, which very well could be the case because there's a very, very strong melancholy tone to the entire series and the music and everything. It it feels and just like this seems like it's going to be super depressing, but it's not. It just has that feel to it. And when she's sent back to our time, uh, 2018, she meets some people from the, the high school and becomes friends with them, joins a photography and art club, and she meets her grandmother, who was her age back in this day. And this one boy who is into art and drawing, the stuff he draws are the only things she can see in color. And that makes his art become very special to her because it's the first time she's seen color in so long. And it reminds her of how wonderful color can be. And it inspires her to to mess around with magic a bit because she's a mage. You know, not everyone can deal with magic. You can you can buy like powders that will give you magic things, but only a few people or whatnot can actually conjure magic from themselves without any kind of added uh, ingredient. And it's it's just it's a pleasant little show that is very soft and quiet and it's a good show to watch after something crazy like Romeo and Juliet where there's a lot of lunacy happening um it's been a pleasant surprise so far and like I said it is very very pretty the last one is Karakuri Circus which is a wild and crazy series uh that has to do with circus and puppetry and it's got a great older school aesthetic. Um, and it's it's a story about this boy who's, I think his father just died or maybe it was his grandfather. I, I don't know. But his guardian had passed away. I think it was. I, I don't know. It's, I can't remember. Maybe they both died. Both his parent, his, his father and his grandfather. But... He has inherited this vast for- fortune. He's from a very rich family. And people want to get their hands on him. Some want to kill him. And some want to kidnap him and adopt him. So that they can get that inheritance. And this one circus lady has been not so much sent to help him. But his grandfather told him that if anything ever happens to either me or your father... Uh, take this box with you and find go like go to the nearest circus and find this person and she is able to use and in this world there are these puppeters who are able to use these ginormous like very large like maybe like 20 feet tall 15 somewhere between 10 and 20 feet uh, marionettes that are very elaborate and have various abilities um, you know and have all these kind of weapons they could have a lot of sharp fingers (laughs) i don't know but um they have all these various abilities and stuff and they can use them to battle and whatnot and then there's also this guy who helped 
him in the beginning who's just a really great martial artist who then you think sacrificed himself and died but you know he didn't because he's in the key art he's like the first most prominent character in the key art and everything so you're like he's not really dead what are you talking about but what they don't show you in the key art is his new arm because he lost his arm protecting the boy and it was somehow perfectly severed from the rest of his body and now he has this mechanical arm and his job is to destroy all these marionettes because there's like this evil circus that is going around putting out this disease that the the now one-armed mechanical armed dude uh used to have where you, they they will just have seizures and episodes if they don't make someone laugh which is a little weird i'll be honest but it looks great. It's got great animation. I really enjoy the characters, especially the main three. And it's been one of the most fun series of this season. So that's that's pretty much it for animes uh, for this episode. But uh, I think that will do it for this year episode, especially since my voice is getting pretty dry and all that. Uh, so, as always, I'm your host, Mark Krishnez. Y'all can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, my anime list, Steam, Twitch, and all the usual places at PX Sausage on PSN. I am the Kush 3. Speaking of PSN, I was having a lot of issues with my PS4 Slim and getting it connected to Wi-Fi reliably. Um, I could maybe get it to work once or twice here and there. And how I ended up finally getting it to work is that, because I was looking into things, and then the, the first thing that started to maybe make some sense is that the the bands could be having an issue with it, whether it's the you know two point four gigahertz or five. And then I was looking at somebody saying, Well the original ones, the original PS4 only worked with two point four and I'm like, Well maybe that that's how it is with the slim and then like that was uh, kiboshed and I it does work with five. But then somebody was saying that after they changed the the thing from because like it's twenty, forty, eighty whatever megahertz i don't know i don't know what hertz all this crap is in but uh it's a default is 80 uh, on my router at least and i i changed that to 20 works perfectly ever since then so and ever since then means last night so fingers crossed it'll continue to work that way but um yeah that was a worthwhile tangent i think but on psn i'm the kush three and now you'll be able to see me online whenever i turn on my ps4 slim because it works um but the site is of course pixelatedsausage.com where you can find this podcast the pixelated paranormal podcast and attack the backlog which are all available on podcast services across the globe like stitcher radio google play apple Podcasts, and spotify and if you'd like to check out the video versions of this podcast or attack the backlog you can go over to youtube.com slash sausage and check both of them out over there and like always, I highly recommend watching the video version of Attack the Backlog. And if you'd like to check out my art, somebody just said shit while working on the bathroom. Did they touch some shit? I don't know. But if you'd like to check out some of my art, which, you know, to you may be shitty as well. Uh, but maybe it's not. And the only way you'll know is if you go over to pxsart.com and check it out over there. 
And if you see something you like, click the link. It'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site and everything we do, you can go over to patreon.com pxs and support us that way. And like always, this is where I say, bye, bye.